Amen. Well, you ready to get into to this morning? Our series. Our series is called Fake News, Real News. And we said that we kind of just borrowed that title, if you will, from the headlines of, of just modern day media. And there's always this big discussion of fake news, real no, news, and, and that the, the fake news is just destroying America. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that fake news has been destroying humanity for the be, or, or, or since the very beginning of time. And so we've been purposing to look at what real news is, and especially in a particular area that applies to us as the body of Christ. And so we said this over in John chapter 8, verse 32, a scripture that is very well familiar to a lot of people, but it says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So the truth in and of itself does not just do it for you, but it's upon knowing truth that makes you free. And so we said we <clears throat> we broke down some key words there concerning the Greek as to how it's actually translated. And so we could say it this way, that that verse is really telling us that there is a doctrine or a belief system that you can know and understand to the point of having a resolve that makes you free and exempt from mortal liability. So there was a liability that affected the mortal man when we fell or when sin entered this world. You realize that, right? Because before the fall of man, before sin ever entered into this earth, man was to live forever and live with a perfect, healthy, and whole body, never to experience sickness, disease, experience uh, depression and, and just mental anguish. That was never God's design. It was never a part of His creation. It was only upon when sin came into this earth that there became a mortal liability that affected mankind. And the ultimate mortal liability is the fact that we're all going to die. Right? Everybody's going to die at some point in time unless Jesus comes back before that time. So once again, we said that we're purposing to understand and know what the truth is. Now, again, just for the sake of reviewing for the last couple of weeks, we said concerning this moral liability, the Bible actually says this moral liability as the result of sin is called the curse of the fall and the curse uh, of the law. There's the curse of the fall and the curse of the law. The curse of the fall is, is that every man has committed sin, and for the wages of sin is death. That's why we need a Savior. And so the curse of the fall is never going to be removed as long as we're living on this earth. But the curse of the law tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 28 that part of that curse is sickness and disease that afflicts humanity. Come on, how many of you have ever been sick before? Welcome to the curse of the law. But the Bible tells us over in Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 that Jesus came to pay the price for that curse. So if you will take a look at the screen here and you'll see what it says in Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 and 14. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So, concerning part of what we've been redeemed from is really this curse in part of having to be sick. Part of that curse is also poverty and lack. 
So therefore, you don't have to be poor. You don't have to live on the street. You can succeed and have increase in your life because God, through Jesus, made that a viable possibility for us to believe Him and trust Him for. But again, concerning sickness and disease, the Bible says that before there was this mortal liability because of the fall of man, but Jesus paid the price so that we no longer have to have this mortal liability. But in fact, the truth, real news of what Jesus came to do gave us the ability to be exempt from it or escape it. Now, once again, let's answer the question. Does that mean that we're not sick? Because if that was the case, then there's a lot of Christians that are, are, are feeling those things. Well, just because we've been exempt from it doesn't mean that it doesn't try to come and afflict our life. Just like poverty and lack tries to affect your life. But therefore, we have the ability to stand upon the Word of God based upon having faith and begin to trust God that He has provided the answer. And we're going to continue to look at that this morning. Amen? So, what is the purpose? If we said real news, the truth of God's Word, is to help us become exempt and have a resolve and a belief system to be able to trust God that this is His heart, then fake news is a belief system or something that causes us to lose confidence in having a resolve that would make us free or, again, calls us to be exempt from this mortal liability. And so for the last couple of weeks, we said that we are building one upon another. And so this is really kind of just a Bible study to help us see the heart of God. If you remember uh, uh, last week, we said that when we began to look at the Word of God, we began to find out that emphatically God's will and God's heart is for us as His children to be able to have health and healing within our physical bodies. That's His will. In fact, for that matter, we had Scripture after Scripture after Scripture that we presented to you that it says that the heart of God is to heal all that came to Him or that would come to Him. Everybody say all. All All means all. Doesn't mean that there's exceptions. But as we have begun to look at that Word, as we have begun to, to look at His promises we begin to reason and say, yeah, but. But let me ask you a question. Can God lie? God can't lie? Are we certain of that? Do we actually believe that God's word is His word and His voice speaking to us? Some would doubt that. Some would question that. And if you question that, then you don't have the ability to really trust God and believe what this Bible says. But the Bible tells us the Word of God is God-breathed and inspired by Him. And it's profitable for doctrine or our belief system. This Bible gives us the ability to know, believe, and trust God. And therefore, if God can't lie, then this Bible, this Word, has the ability to produce what God said we can have. But even though we hear this message, even though we hear about God's goodness, and even though we say, yes, God is a good God, and God has the ability and has the power, and God is so loving and caring and merciful, and we we, we say, God can't lie. But immediately we say, yeah, but. Last week, even as we began to share the message, you might have even begun to say, I know some people that have prayed to be healed and asked God to do something in their life and they didn't receive 
upon hearing that message and going through the Word of God, we say, yeah, but I've prayed before and, and I didn't get my answer. We say, I, I hear the Word and I know God can't lie, but all the while I've known of, of people that have come together and, and they had all kinds of people praying for them. Just all kinds of people. And they still didn't get their answer. Or we've even said, well, you know, sometime, sometimes God must allow it for a reason. Well, once again, we've already asked this question, can God lie? And for the most, we heard the response of saying, no, God can't. But then once again, we begin to reason the Word of God to fit our experience. Isn't that right? See, the Word of God was given to us to be the foundation that would be the grounds for our experience. But because we didn't actually experience things the way that we thought, then we begin to base the Word of God on our experience and say, well, there's exceptions. But once again, we said, God can't lie. So then just with that being said reasonable deduction would conclude that the desired outcome if sustained by the word of God yet is not acquired that tells me that it's not on God's side it must be on my side come on does that not bear witness the Bible says that God is willing that none should perish but receive everlasting life his desire is that nobody misses heaven. But are there going to be people that miss heaven? Is it because of God? Is it because of His will? Is it because of a choice that He made? No, it's based upon the choice and the decision and the faith or the lack thereof of somebody that rejects the truth or the real news of God sending Jesus to die for their sins. And upon rejecting that truth or that real news they don't receive so once again if people miss heaven it's not on the God side it's on the man side and so let's begin to look into this man side as to what is our responsibility or what are some of the breakdowns that keep us from receiving the healing that God so desires to give us are you ready to do so some of you might have had these very questions. So let's answer some questions. Why does sickness come? Why does sickness come? Well, first and foremost, we've got to answer that from the very position that this is a fallen world. It's not perfect. Sin opened the door for that curse to come in. 1 Corinthians 4, 4 says that actually... Satan is the God of this world. We say, well, I thought God was. No, God is only the God of the Christian, but not the world. In fact, the Bible tells us that, that the enemy has actually control of so many things within this, within this world. And so because of that fallen state, in fact, if you remember, Jesus was, was ministering to a, a particular person and they brought... His disciples brought this family to him with a young man that had, I think he was, uh, he was paralyzed from birth. And uh, the disciple says, who sinned, this man or his parents? Well, he was sick from birth. 
Well, can a, can a baby sin before they're actually born? No. So that eliminates that question. Right? And actually, Jesus even bypasses that and says, Listen, right now is an opportunity for us to see God move and see God's heart. And he ministered to the boy. And he got up and he walked. So why do those things happen? Bad things happen because this world is fallen. And there's an avenue by which the enemy can come and just mess with humanity. Whether you're a Christian or not a Christian. For the fact of the matter is that God loves humanity. And every time he messes with people, it just blesses the old devil's heart to say, Yeah, see what I did? Especially when it comes to God's kids. And he starts messing with you. And this brings him joy to see you get all bent out of shape, getting hurt, getting defeated, getting discouraged, right? So again, understanding that we live in a fallen world. Well, uh, what's some other reasons? Why does sickness come into the life of a believer for that matter? Well, another avenue by which sickness can come into the life of a believer is sin. Sin always opens the door, right? So there can be flagrant sin. Of things that you're like, man, I just know that I shouldn't be doing this. And God's been working on your heart and you just keep ignoring it. But the more you ignore God, you open up the door for the enemy to come and start messing with your life. Right? Here's another side. Now again, we don't look at it as sin. But the Bible says that our bodies are the temple of God. And he says, now be good stewards of that temple. So you're, you're, you're struggling with diabetes. And the doctor says, you need to get your health in control. But you keep shoving Twinkies in your mouth. All right? Well, if you're abusing this body by decisions that you make, really that is a form of sin because you're violating this body that God gave us to be stewards of. But then we're saying, God, help me. And God says, if I did, you would still beat that body up. Does that make sense? And so once again, there's things that we do that open the door. Now again, I'm not getting on a soapbox about this, but you know, let's just say for instance, you go to the doctor and the doctor says, hey, I got some bad news. You got some lung cancer. How did I get that? Are you a smoker? Well, I've been smoking for the last 20 years and I'm a three pack a day kind of person. Um, Let's think about that. (laughs) Where did that come from? Well, once again... Smoking cigarettes isn't going to send you to hell. But smoking cigarettes is abusing this body that God has called us to be stewards of. And so really by by definition, it becomes sin. Are you following me? Again, I'm not getting on a soapbox. I'm just talking about this physical body that God has given us. And so you ask the question, how does sickness come? There's times that we open up the door for the enemy to come and mess with our lives. Once again, the enemy just simply comes and he'll just attack. You know, you're singing kumbaya, everything's smooth, everything's good. And you're thinking, man, I just don't think it could get better. I just don't think it, I don't think life could be any better. And then the old enemy comes and says, well, it could sure get worse. Let's just see how you handle this. And as a result, you think, okay, what's going on? Well, now you got a choice to make. So again, the enemy is just, the Bible says that we're fighting against an enemy. Know your adversary. And then the last thing here is simply ignorance. The lack of knowledge. Ignorance opens up the door for all kinds of things. And we'll look at that a little bit further in just a moment. All right. 
So let's answer the question, does prayer alone, does it ensure answer prayer of healing? And the answer is no. And here's the one thing that just really kind of uh, frustrates me at times. Because you'll see people, especially with our society of social media, you'll have people that will say, oh, there's this problem. Will you pray for me? And they, they, they inquire of all these kind of people praying for you as though the most prayer or the, the, the amount of prayer that you get is actually going to necessarily help you. You could have a million people in your corner praying for you, but if they don't know how to pray, you still won't get healed. You could have all kinds of people saying, God, will you do something for them? And it wouldn't move God to do anything. So we've got to understand how to pray correctly. So when it comes to prayer, most people pray from the perspective of God, I hope you'll do something. God, if you will, please. And so we're hoping and wishing and we're begging rather than actually praying the way that God desires. And that is, is that God desires to pray the prayer of faith. And I'll define that in just a moment. So, when it comes to our prayers, when we're inquiring of God, when it comes to the promise of healing within our physical body, when it comes to prayer, what hinders our prayers from being answered? Obviously, we said that there's people that can pray, but it doesn't produce anything. And obviously, there ought to be a right way or there could be a wrong way. So, what is it that could hinder our prayers? Well, once again, we come back to one of the things we said before sin if we've got sin in our life and I know in in the modern day church we don't like talking about that that three letter word but it's a reality and there are times that there is sin in our life that affects our prayers from being answered one particular sin is the sin of unforgiveness and Jesus said very clearly he said if you got unforgiveness towards somebody Go and get that right. Because if you've got unforgiveness in your heart, don't think your prayers will work. So I'm going to ask you real quick, who are you not forgiven? Who you got to release and say, oh man, I God, I just choose to forgive them. And that's not always an easy thing, is it? But there's all kinds of things. So therefore, sin can affect our prayer. Number two, there's doubt, there's unbelief, and fear. Doubt and unbelief would just say, well, I don't, I don't believe that God does that today. Or even saying, well, I hope that God will is not belief or having faith. It's just really hoping. And then there is fear. Fear is nothing more than false evidence appearing real when it comes to the facts of God's word. Fear is nothing more than fake news in line with or opposing God's Word. Because when you think about it, if Jesus said, the reason that I came was so that you could be healthy and whole, but you get a prognosis from the doctor, fear starts to creep in. And what does fear do? Fear begins to creep up in your heart and you begin to expect the worst. You go to the doctor and the doctor says, we're going to do some results. Uh, take, take some tests, rather. And in three weeks, we're going to get the results. 
in the three-week process of time, your mind has been going crazy thinking, what is the prognosis going to be? Well, it could be this. It could be that. And all of a sudden, you're painting pictures in your mind of what could be. And therefore, you're holding on to the possibility. And really, what you're doing is you're having faith in something that is unseen or unknown. It's faith, but in the reverse. And fear can prevent you from receiving from God. And the last thing, once again, we said this in the first part, is there's ignorance. Ignorance will keep you from receiving answered prayers. What is ignorance? Ignorance is simply the lack of knowledge. So, if you've got a prognosis of cancer, and the doctor says you've got six months to live, most people will say, God, if I've got sin in my life, forgive me. I want to get that right with you right now. And if we're believing God for a miracle in our life, the second thing we say is, God, if, I'm, if I don't have faith, help me have faith because I want to believe you and I want to trust you. So answer number one and answer number two, we resolve real quickly. So that reduces us down to statement number three of ignorance or there's lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge is the biggest culprit that keeps us from receiving from God. Are you tracking with me today? Ignorance of real news or the truth that gives us a resolve that makes us exempt and helps us escape from mortal liability. Now, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Mark eleven twenty three. Because we said that there is a prayer that gets the answer of what God desires. If God made you a promise, then you can have faith. Well, what is faith? A Bible definition of faith is a confident expectation. It's a firm persuasion. So therefore, faith is believing and having a confident expectation of what you're believing for. Rather than hoping and wishing. And so in Mark 11, verse 23 and 24, if you recall that story, the Bible tells us that Jesus is with his disciples and he's, he's walking with them and they're all hungry. And they see off in a, a far distance that there is a fig tree. And he says, let's go over there to the fig tree and let's eat of it. And when they got there, there were no fig tree, or there were no figs on the tree. And the Bible says that Jesus said to the fig tree, You will be cursed at the root, you'll die, and never produce fruit on you again. And they went their way. And the very next day they came back by, and Peter saw the tree that Jesus had cursed and said, Jesus, look, that tree that you cursed, it's dead. And then Jesus responds and he says, what's up? Where's your faith? He said, you're acting like everybody else. And actually how you're acting, what you're saying is that we'll only believe it when we see it. But I've been telling you, true faith is seeing before you see it. Having it before you have it. 
He said, if you would have had faith when I said it yesterday, you would have believed what I said. And you wouldn't have been surprised about seeing that fig tree cursed or dying. And he says, now, since you're not getting it, let me help you. Let me teach you about faith again. He said, have faith in God. And then in verse 23, he says this. For as surely I say to you, whoever, everybody say whoever. Now, if you have the King James Bible, it says, whosoever. So let's get a little bit churchy. Say, whosoever. Whosoever. All right. So I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray. Therefore, whatsoever things you ask When you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. The literal Greek says, believe that you received and you shall have. So what he says, believed and received. So the context of what what Jesus is saying to them, don't believe it when you see it. You believed and you received Before you ever saw it come to fruition. This is what Bible faith is. And so the prayer of faith is saying. Jesus. You're my healer. And therefore when I come to you. I can believe. And receive. Upon approach. Absolutely. Because that's what Hebrews 11.6 says. It says for without faith. It is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It's not up there. All right. <laughs> Let me say it again. Hebrews eleven six. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. There we go. So God is looking for faith. For the one that comes to God must believe that He is. You've got the ability, God. I know you can. I know you can because you're God. But then He also says that you also, what? Believe that He is a rewarder upon approach. Your currency with God is faith. So what do I do? I come to God and I bring my faith. And my faith says, God, I not only believe you can, but I believe you will. And I believe you did. Therefore, I believe that I receive right now because your word says that your will and desire is to heal all. And you came and healed my diseases, the scripture says. Can you say amen? So why can I approach this way? Why can I approach God with this confidence that I believed and I received? It's because Jesus, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, we already saw that He redeemed us from the curse. He paid the price. All you got to do is drive up to the takeout window and say, It's already been bought. It's already been paid for. I'll take my healing right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let me give you a natural illustration as to, again, how people approach God. Because healing, the Bible says, is the children's bread. It already belongs to us as God's kids. I realize there's times that we feel like we're trying to obtain it. But the reality is, is that the devil's just trying to make you sick. And you've got to see that the right way. 
But this is how it is. Here, I, I've got this $20. I don't have a pocket there. All right, so I'll put it in this pocket. I'll put it in this pocket. Put it back in this one. All right, there we go. You got a pocket. <laughs> Quick, I like that. All right. So I've got $20 in my pocket. And I'm going down the road and I'm on E. And I'm spitting and sputtering and spitting and sputtering. And I just make it into the gas station. And I'm thinking, man, I'm out of gas. And if I only had some money. I don't. I, I forgot my wallet at the house. And oh, I am plumb out of gas. Left my cell phone. Don't have anybody to call. Now, all the while, I had $20 in my pocket. It's mine. And all I have to do is redeem what is mine and put gas in my car. But because I've got ignorance of what's in my pocket, that I actually do have money, I cannot partake of what I need. But it was mine and with me all along. And that's what God says. Healing belongs to you. It's yours. You just don't realize it. You're trying to get it, but it belongs to you. You think you don't have it, but it's yours. You think it's not a part of this 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 inheritance as a child of God, but that's what I came for. And so we walk around being ignorant, not knowing what we have. Okay, but now knowing what you have, let's give you another example. Mark 11, 23 and 24, he says, Whosoever, whosoever, that if you believe, you will receive. So now again, let me give you an example as to how people approach God. If I was to say to you, I've got this $20, and somebody in this room is going to get this $20. In fact, I'm going to give this $20 to somebody in this room before we... I'm not going to do that, just to let you know. Uh, I'm going to give this $20 to somebody before we close service today. Could you have faith to come up and say, I'll take my $20? Could you? You could come up and say, I've got faith. That's my $20. Can I have it? No, you couldn't. Because my statement was, somebody. Somebody in here is going to get this $20. So you don't know if you're that somebody. And that's how people approach God, saying, God, am I that somebody? God, will you so kindly see favor on me and and heal my body? But that's not what God said. Jesus said, whosoever. Are you a whosoever? So if I said to you, I changed my statement along the lines of what God's Word says, whosoever, whoever... Whosoever wants this $20, it's yours. Now, based upon that, could you have faith? Anybody can run up here and say, I'll take it. And I say, well, how can you have faith to say that you're $20? Because you said a whosoever, and I'm a whosoever. I'm one of the whosoever's in this room. So therefore, it's mine. Give it to me right now. And that's what God provided through Jesus at the cross, redeeming you from the curse of the law, saying, it's now yours. All you have to do is approach me with faith, knowing that I can, but also that I will, because you are a whosoever. Amen. And so, because God loves you, because God desires for you to receive all that he has, he's just going to love on you.
and show you. How many of you have kids that you would say, you know what, I dangled the carrot out in front of them. Just trying to teach them. How high can you jump? Come on. Oh, you almost got a bad time. No. If you say you're going to do something, you honor your word with your kids. Our Heavenly Father said He'll honor His word. And so, we have just simply been building up, up to this point, of building your faith, helping you grow. And so next week, we're going to conclude this message. And we're going to bring it even even into more clarity of how God desires for you to be healthy and whole. And the Bible says that we can pray in faith and believe and receive. So listen, I want to encourage you. Stir your faith up this week if you need something from God. You know, for instance, we got our little bookstore back there. And we got these prayer books. It's called Prayer Scriptural Handbook. And I'm not plugging this for the sake of making money. But there's scriptures in here that talk about God's desire and will for you to be physically healthy and whole. The reason we put materials together like this is because this book can be intimidating and saying, where do I even begin to look? Where is it at in here? Where do I have proof and evidence that God cares about me and wants me to be healthy and whole? We put stuff like this together for you. There's all kinds of materials. You can go online and there's material that begins to tell you the heart of God. And upon giving yourself to study, to pray, to seek God, He reveals the real news, His truth, that makes us exempt from mortal liability. We don't have to be sick. I didn't say that sickness don't try to come. There's times I feel it in my body just like you. But I don't just lay down and say, okay, run over me like a steamroller. No, I say, no, I don't have to be sick. Jesus paid the price. Thank you, Father, that I'm healthy and whole. It belongs to you. So we'll pray next week for you if you have things going on in your physical body. And we're going to see God be the God that we know that He is. Amen? Well, if you need further information, you go back on the website and listen to these messages to get you up to speed. Let's worship God one last time. Amen.